Well, let's get into the word for today, titled The Rhythms of God's Grace. We have some good things in store here for us. I've been thoroughly enjoying learning about uh, uh, getting into the rhythms of grace, just reminding myself of how important it is to, to get in that rhythm. And so I want to encourage you again this morning. Uh, one of the things it's important for you to realize concerning the grace of God because many of you are sitting here and saying, well, I'm a seasoned Christian. I, I've been saved by grace. And, you know, how, how long can you keep talking about grace? But I want you to know right up front that grace is not just for beginners. Oh, it's very true that we are saved by grace. We come into the kingdom of God as a grace gift from God. But it's not just for beginners. Now that we're in the kingdom, we continue to receive the grace of God. We continue to be empowered, strengthened, and equipped by the grace of God to overcome any and all things that the, that the enemy may bring our way. So always stay open and receptive to learning more and developing a greater appreciation for the, the gift of God's grace. In Matthew chapter 11, 28, and 30, in the message translation, I've been sharing that with you uh, over, the, over the last several weeks. I just want to encourage you to continue to, uh, to, to uh, receive from that and, and, and to walk in it. As uh, Eugene Peterson, in the message translation, he asked the question from uh, Matthew 11, verse 20. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? And if your answer to those are yes, or even if they're not yes, says, come to me. Jesus' invitation is, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Learning to live freely and lightly in the rhythms of God's grace. That's where we want to get to. This morning, I want to begin. Uh, the, the primary scripture for today is, is found in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 4. I'm going to read verse 4 through 8 from Ephesians chapter 2. So go ahead and, and take a listen to what this Lord is speaking here in these particular verses. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 4. It says, but God, I don't realize that's a conjunction right prior to that. He's talking about the state of being we were in prior to God, how we were lost, how we were sinners, we were without God, etc., etc. But he says, but God, who is rich in mercy... And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Notice verse 7. So God can point to us. Remember this God that's good to you? Remember the God we were just singing about a few moments ago? God, you're so good. You're so good to me. The God that is good to you, here's what he's desiring to do. So God can point to us in all future ages as an example. Now, the spotlight's on you. God is pointing to you in all future generations as an example. An example of what? An example of his incredible, the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness. 
toward us. You are the apple of God's eye. You have been redeemed by the grace of God. You're born again by grace, not of works, and we have nothing to boast about, but, but because of the grace of God, we are, uh, we are children of God, and God is incredibly proud of you, and he wants to point to you as an example of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Verse 8 tells us that we are saved by grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for the incredible wealth of your grace that we are recipients of when we put our faith and our trust and our confidence in you and we say yes to your saving grace. Thank you, Lord God, that you have a desire in your goodness and in your uh, mercy toward us to, to use us as an examples and to point to us in future generations as examples of the incredible wealth of your grace that we are saved by. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Amen. So grace is not just for beginners. It's not just to come into the kingdom, but now that we're in the kingdom, we continue to uh, be recipients of the grace of God. And we want to get in rhythms of God's grace getting into the rhythm of the grace of God. Uh, and the reason it's good to get in a rhythm of God's grace is uh, I, 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 when I study things like this, I like to look back at my life and say, well, how have I done with the rhythms of God's grace? And I'll be honest with you, you, know, you, could, you could see a pattern in my life I mean, hopefully, the, the, I'm, I'm more in a rhythm now and, and, and steadier in the grace of God than I was years ago. But the idea was is that, you know, when I first became a Christian, I was thankful for the grace of God, but then I'd live life on my own. And I'd get myself in trouble or get myself in a... a back myself in a corner someplace or I'd get in a, in a, in a difficult situation and then I'd say, and, and I'd try all these different things. I'd, I'd be thinking and I'd be doing, I'd be thinking and I'd be doing how to resolve it, how to get out of it. Then after uh, I uh, just find myself completely exasperated, then I can, well, you know what? I think I'll pray. If we tried everything else, let's pray. Now, I know none of you have ever said that nor done that, but I have. I've tried everything else, and then I thought, well, why don't I pray and, and, and tap into the grace of God? Get into a rhythm of God's grace. Tap into it. And so the idea is, is when you're going through life, and life is difficult, moment by moment, day by day, week by week, year by year, the, you know, the adversary keeps throwing things at us. He just keeps throwing things at us. And, and we don't wait until we're completely exasperated and then we return to God and say, God, you know what? I haven't been here for a while, but I am completely burned out. Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? That's where Eugene Peterson gets that idea from. He probably experienced it himself. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? And so we, we have a tendency to go out and, and we do things on our own, our own strength, our own intellect. We, we, we're not tapping into the mind of Christ. We're tapping into our own resources. And then we find ourselves exhausted, exasperated, burned out. And then we get back into the grace. Thank God for his mercy, that he's always willing to give us more grace. But we don't have to wait. And we say, I don't have to wait. 
you can, you can tap into and be in the rhythm of God's grace every moment of every day, all the time. We don't have to be having these highs and these lows. You get up high and down low. Feeling really good and completely burned out. Feeling really good and completely burned out. The, the idea is you want to get into a rhythm, uh, into a cadence of being in the grace of God. The Apostle Paul made this statement in Galatians 2.21. He said that, uh, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. What is your attitude towards grace when you hear the subject? When you say, oh, they're teaching the rhythms of grace. Well, how exciting can that be? Or how relevant is that to my life? You know, I'm, I'm born again by grace. I'm good to go. The Apostle Paul, the one who received the revelation of God's grace from Jesus himself, he, he's the one that he said that I don't count the grace of God as meaning, meaningless. He said, if I could be saved by the law, if I could be saved on my own, he said, then Christ would not have had to die for us. So I don't, I don't consider grace to be meaning, meaningless. I don't consider it to be entry-level, one-on-one material. I consider it to be very, very important, and I, and I value it in my life, and I, and I thank God for it. The Apostle Paul wrote to uh, his son in the faith, his son Timothy, in, in, in 2 Timothy he, he wrote to him, and he, and he instructed him to be strong in the faith. He had written 1 Timothy to him to encourage him as a pastor of a, of a church and, and, and encourage him in those areas. And Timothy was applying the, the encouragement that Paul was giving him, but he still kept having challenges and, and all kinds of opposition coming against him as, as pastor of the church. And so Paul writes another letter to him. He says, Timothy, you need to be strong. You need to be strong in grace. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be strong in grace. In the grace of God. It's not only for beginners. It's not only for beginners. So, he, so as Paul encouraged Timothy to be strong uh, through the grace that God gave him in, in Christ Jesus, Jesus also told Paul that uh, grace is all that he needed when Paul was going through a very difficult season. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, if you'll turn uh, and take a look at that, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul talks about the, the thorn in the flesh. He's talking about all the different trials and, and, and circumstances that he's gone through, the many different difficulties he's had in, in life, and also talking about uh, other apostles that... that uh, may not have been, basically, they were false apostles that were teaching things contrary to what the apostle Paul was teaching. And he said, you know what, if, uh, if, if I was one of those false apostles, I would not be receiving these, these persecutions that I'm receiving. I'm receiving these because I'm preaching and I'm teaching you the grace of God. I'm teaching you about being in right standing with God. This opposition that's coming against me is because I'm taking a stand for the gospel taking a stand for the gospel. And he received from Jesus the revelation of this dispensation that we live in today known as the dispensation of grace or the dispensation of the church age. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, in, in verse 8, as, as a result of these uh, different things that, that, that Paul had received, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he said that, uh, I'll, I'll back up to verse verse. Uh, Seven. 
He said, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, talking about the, re the re revelation he received from God concerning the grace of God, even though I've received such revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Now there's people that like to spend all kinds of time trying to figure out what kind of illness did the Apostle Paul have? And I just want you to know that you really don't need to go down that road trying to figure out what illness that Paul had to keep him humble. Paul said, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger. Everyone say a messenger. A messenger. It's an angel or a spirit, a spirit being. And a messenger, the same word translated angels other places. So he had a ministering spirit, a ministering evil spirit tormenting him, buffeting him, with all, inciting all kinds of opposition, perplexities toward him, persecutions towards him. It was, uh, anything that comes, came against him that was contrary, hindering him from being in a position, either physically or financially or locationally, to be in the will of God, to be proclaiming the good news of God's grace. He was giving opposition and, and he wanted God to take this opposition, he wanted God to take these perplexities and these persecutions away from him. And he cried out to the Lord in verse 8. He said, so he, he said, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. The messenger, the messenger, take it away. Take him away. And so, but uh, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. Now, some people read that and they think, well, God is, God is saying no to his request. God's saying, no, I'm, I, I don't hear you. I'm not going to answer your prayer. But I see it as God re affirming him and reminding him, say, Paul, living in this world, you're going to have tribulations. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And while you are on planet Earth, you are going to have persecutions. You are going to have perplexities. You're going to have things you don't understand. You're going to have things that you don't much like. You're going to have things come against your flesh. You're going to have things come against your love walk. You're going to have things come against your finances. You're going to have things come against your health. You're going to have stuff come against you. This messenger from Satan is inciting evil against us. He is trying to distract us and to keep us from accomplishing God's will in our lives and, and to keep us out of the rhythm of God's grace. So Jesus, Jesus replied, my grace is all you need. We are no different than the Apostle Paul. I'm no different. I don't think you're any different either. I would just as soon, I would prefer that the mountain before me just be removed. I would prefer that the fiery trial ahead of me just dissipate, that it just goes away, and that I can just keep smooth, you know, just smooth sailing, just keep cruising along, no problems, no difficulties, living my best life now. No challenges, every need met, relationships, I mean, they are spot on. My marriage is good, we never fight, we never argue, we never see anything differently. We are in harmony with one another, every moment of every day. And not only in my marriage, but with my children and any other people, my spheres of influence, man, I just get along with everybody. Life is really, really good. That's how we want things to be in our natural realm. 
But the reality is, in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have tests and trials. And the tests and trials are not going to back off. But, but in spite of the tests and trials, grace, everyone say grace, grace. is all I need. It's all I need. Why? Because every test, every trial, every fiery furnace, every mountain, I have the grace to get over it, get around it, or get through it. It makes no difference. I come out victorious every time. Because grace is all I need. But in order for me to experience that, I need to be in a rhythm of God's grace. I need to be in a rhythm. I need to be ready. I need to be wise. I need to be built up in my faith. I need to be encouraged in my heart. I can't just go at it with, a, with, a, with an attitude that, you know, uh, life is good, God, you owe me. I've done this and I've done that and now you owe me. Now it's that we continue to walk in the love of God. We continue to be worshipers of God. We continue to, to, to serve him. But just like Jesus said, uh, he's, uh, each time Jesus answered points that my grace is all you need. My power works best in weaknesses. And so Paul gets a revelation of that. So he says, so now I'm glad to boast about weaknesses so that when the power, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for, for Christ. For when I am weak, when, I'm at, when, when I acknowledge my limitations as a human being, when I'm weak, then, then I am strong. I'm strong because of the grace of Almighty God, of Almighty God. And so stop thinking or, or wishing that your circumstances would dissipate. That is wishful thinking. And start thanking God and, and continue tapping into the forces of the grace. The forces of grace. Learn the on-force rhythms of grace. Learn them. Remember uh, the paraphrase in the Message Bible? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Come to me. Come to Jesus, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Keep tapping into the grace of God. In Hebrews chapter 4 I want to share with you for a few moments uh, on this grace. I want to show you from Scripture on how you tap into it. How do I take possession of the grace of God? How do I do that? It becomes as simple as, you know, you're, you, you have your car, and you know you need fuel in your tank, or your EV car, you know you need the batteries charged. You know that, but you're in a rhythm. You're in a rhythm. And you know when the tank is getting towards empty, you know you need to stop and you need to fill up or you need to recharge. You're in a rhythm. You don't get all freaked out because you're, you know, the tank's going low and the indicator comes on and tells you you, know, you only have uh, so, much, so many more miles that you can drive. You, know, by the, you, you, get, you get acquainted with your car. You know the environment you live in and you know where the fueling stations are. You know where the charging stations are. You're in a rhythm. 
And you just keep going through life. You keep driving, and you, you fill up and you drive. Then you fill up and you drive, and you fill up and you drive. But you, you don't ever want to run out. You don't ever want to run out of fuel. And you never want your EV battery to completely die on you and not have the ability to recharge it. You want to keep going. You want to keep going from point A to point B. You know what to do in the natural realm to do that. In the spirit realm, likewise, we know there's grace available for us. And we know that we are invited to receive the grace of God. And in Hebrews chapter 4, we have this invitation stated for us, talking about our God who is so good. In Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 14, it says, So then, since we have a great high priest, this is defining Jesus, a great high priest who entered the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Do you believe that God is good to you? Do you believe that grace is for you? You believe that. So hold firmly to what you believe. This high priest of ours, talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, understands our weaknesses. Jesus really does understand. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. As a result of that, as a result of Jesus having gone before us, having been tempted in every way, but he never yielded to it. As a result of that, verse 16 says, so let us, let us come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Boldly to the throne of our gracious God. You know, when your car, when you use the analogy of fuel, when, you're, when your tank's running empty, do you kind of go pulling into the filling station with kind of like, you know, I'm kind of intimidated. I don't know if I should be here. I'm not quite sure they want me here. Of course they want you there. That's what they do. They provide fuel. They want you there. That's why they have the big signs out front. That's why they're advertising. They want you to stop and fuel up. Likewise with God, don't ever think, well, gee, I really, I, I just really messed up. I, I, I blew it. I mean, I'm, I'm just, oh, I just can't, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so, I feel so guilty. I feel so condemned. You never went into a filling station and said, oh, I'm so, I'm so embarrassed. My tank's almost empty again. Please forgive me. I've been driving and driving and driving and my tank's empty and I need to be refilled, but please forgive me. And would you, you know, per adventure, you could give me some more fuel. Could I buy some fuel from you? God, who is so good to you, God, who is so rich in mercy toward you, wants you to come with boldness and with confidence. You have the invitation. Come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Now, the throne of God is, is referring to, the, of, of the gracious God, is referring to the grace. You know, the throne itself, it, it really depends on who's on the throne, is what the throne represents. And so in this instance, the throne represents the grace of God because our gracious God is on the throne. And when you come with boldness and with confidence, no guilt, no condemnation, no guilt, no condemnation, when you come before him with boldness, there we will receive his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. 
Thank God for his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we have our act together. When you get it all together. When do you find grace to help? When? When you need it when? When you need it most. Now, my experience for many years, when I needed it the most is when I didn't go because I didn't feel like I should go because I was afraid to go. I messed up. I know I messed up. I knew I did wrong. And don't be sitting here trying to figure out what and what he did wrong. <laughs> Mercy, all right? Mercy, you all. <laughs> it was no big deal. <laughs> It was just an attitude thing. But anyway, let, let's move on. I just don't want to get stuck there, so I don't want to get stuck there either. But when I needed it the most is when I least wanted to go. But when you need it the most is when he's inviting you to come with boldness because he knows what you've been tempted with in all points, but he didn't yield to it. That's why he's on the throne of grace. And that's why you can come to him when you need him most, when you're at your lowest, when you've just blown it, when you just think, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. I'm just such a wretched person. What's wrong with me? I'm not even sure I'm saved. I just, it's, it's, it's not me. Go with boldness. Go before God with boldness. You know, if ever I needed mercy and I need your grace, it's right now. And he said, well, that's why you're here. If ever I needed gas, I need it now. That's why I'm at the filling station. That's why I'm there. I need the fuel. And continue to learn, continue to grow, continue to develop in this grace and become confident in it. You know, there's things you can learn even about fueling stations. It's only been about four or five years ago. I forget, it was one of my, uh, our son Tyler's transitions to moving to a college dorm, or I think it was actually moving in, in, into a, one of the houses he lived in. But nonetheless, what happens, rented a U-Haul truck just over across the street here, and, 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 and taking the, in taking it back, Tyler's still with me. I wanted to, to fill it, and I was trying to think which side's the filling thing on because I'm not used to this vehicle. And Tyler said, it's on, on, on your side. I said, how do you know that? He said, the thing right there in the dash tells you. The arrow points to where, the, where your thing is. I said, are you serious? He said, yes. I said, do all cars do that? He said, I think so. <laughs> here I am. Here I am in my 60s, and I did not know that. <laughs> I'd never dawned on me. I just always knew which side my fi filler cap is on. I just knew that. So now for those of you who haven't known it, just consider the mercy of God. Now you know it. You just look at that little gas thing and it points which, it tells you which side your thing's on. You don't have to pull up there anymore and get out and put your card in and get ready to pump and say, shoot. <laughs> get back in the car and turn it around. <laughs> now you know. So that was worth coming to church for this morning. The mercy of God has been manifested to you. So there's always something to learn. Sometimes there are things that are so simple and they're so obvious, but for some reason you just missed it. Well, don't feel guilty about it. Well, I'm so embarrassed. I'm never going to get gas again. <laughs> get over it. 
and go to the throne of God's grace and go with boldness and confidence. And why should I go with boldness and confidence? I've just really blown it. I really messed up because God is so good to you. He wants you to come to him. He doesn't want you to, uh, to keep wallowing in your, in your pain, self-inflicted or not. It doesn't matter. He has redemption for you. Another scripture in Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 8 and 9. Hebrews 13, 8 and 9. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted by strange and new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food which don't help those who follow them. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, not from rules about anything else. We're not under a legal system. We're not under law. We are under the grace of God and your strength. And we say, my strength comes from God's grace. Grace, learn to flow in the rhythms of it. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from all kinds of other rules and obligations. Rules and obligations. One more scripture verse. I'm going to close with this. In 2 Peter chapter 3. Don't get too excited about the close. It's a long scripture. <laughs> no, it's not. It really isn't. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Peter's final words. If you ever want a, a, a good personal case study on the grace of God. Study the life of Peter. I mean, if he needed, he needed grace big time. He kept rising and falling, but the grace of God was always there for him. He finally got a revelation of it, and he finally was able to go to the Gentile nations and even share the good news of God's grace with the Gentile nations, and multitudes got born again. But Peter's closing words, his second letter in verse 17 and 18, he says, I'm warning you ahead of time. I'm warning you ahead of time. Dear friends, be on guard so that you will not be carried away by the heirs of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You must grow in the knowledge in the grace and in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Everyone say this, say, I must grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If I'm a Christian for 50 years, I must grow in the grace. If you're a Christian for 50 seconds, you must grow in the grace. You must continue to grow in it, grow stronger in it, grow stronger in it. You say, why do I need to grow stronger in it? Because, because life, life is real and it keeps coming at you. The mountains get larger, the trials may get bigger, the persecutions may be more difficult, more intense, but the grace of God, you continue to grow in it, continue to grow in it, continue to grow in it, become strong in the grace and in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we entered into this grace. We entered into this relationship with God through the grace of God, and God wants us to continue to grow stronger in it because... God wants to point to you and he wants to point to me as I grow stronger in the grace of God. He wants to point to us 
in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace. I want to grow in the grace of God. I want God to be able to point to my life and say, that's an example. That life, that's another life that lived in the grace of God. That is another life that has lived in the grace of God. That is another life that has lived in the mercy and in the grace of Almighty God. Look at that. It happened to them, it can happen to you. Let your life be an example of the incredible wealth of God's grace. God's proud of you. You know God is good. And he's not just good to other people, he's good to you. He's good to you. You know God is love and that he loves you. You know God's grace is incredible and it's not just incredible to other people, it's incredible toward you. And he wants to use you as an example, as an example to reflect that love. We had a beautiful full moon the other night. It was so bright, so bright. I remember looking at it and thinking, but that's reflecting the light of the sun. I want my life to be so bright, your life to be so bright, not because I'm so special, but I'm reflecting the grace of God. You're reflecting the grace of God. God wants to be an example of it. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for helping us grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bring us into that place where we are open and receptive to the truth of your word, where we are hungry to grow in grace, becoming more familiar with it, becoming strong in it. As Paul wrote to Timothy, be strong in the grace. Yes, there's opposition. Things are coming against you, but and, and it's, they're going to continue to come against you. Don't just think you can wish them away, but be strong in grace and you can overcome them. You're going to overcome it in the grace of God. Father, help pour out your grace today in your mercy, in your grace. Just envision this right now, this very moment. Even those of you that are watching online, just envision right where you are right now. You're, you're at the throne of God's grace. Boldly. Stay here boldly. Paint this mental picture in your mind that you're a boldly before God right now. And it's, you're, you're before the throne of God's grace. And he's going to be dispensing from his grace, from his throne of grace. He dispenses nothing other than mercy and grace. So those of you that may be picturing this scenario right now, some of you may have never accepted the grace of salvation to come into the kingdom right now. You're not a Christian. You've never been asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Just right now, just say, thank you, Father, for saving grace. Save my soul. Undeserving, but because of Jesus, I receive it today. I receive the gift of eternal life. Thank you for it, Father. For those of us that have been born again for days or weeks or months or years or decades. Likewise, just thank the Father right now for grace to help. Perhaps there's prayers similar to what the Apostle Paul prayed when he asked Jesus, when he asked the Lord to just re remove these things. And Jesus said every time, my grace is sufficient. Grace, God's grace is sufficient for whatever circumstance you are in right now. God's grace is sufficient 
to see you through it, over it, around it, underneath it. However, you are coming out victorious in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everyone say, I'm coming out. I'm going over. I'm going through or around these circumstances. But by the grace of God, I am victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. If you accepted that grace for the first time make sure, and you're here today, make sure you let me know. If you've done that and you're watching online, just go ahead and get in touch with us and email us and let us know. And we'd be elated to just celebrate that with you and also share some information with you.